Welcome to the teaching ministry of Magnolia's First. To learn more, visit m1bc.org. That song meant so much to me and my family as we were going through our journey. And, and kind of this series uh, started out uh, as kind of God working on my heart throughout our journey. Uh, and many of you don't know this if you're watching online or maybe m- most of you know our story. But uh, back in October of 2018, my daughter Addison, the little girl that was on that screen was diagnosed with a rare bone marrow disorder called aplastic anemia. And at the time we had no clue what that meant, uh, but it, would, it ended up meaning that she would need three bone marrow transplants to save her life. Uh, and our journey was long, it was difficult. And sorry, that song just meant so much to me. It got me through so many dark nights It got me through so many times of frustration and struggle. There was one night in particular, uh, it was probably about four four in the morning. Uh, We, you never sleep in the hospital, but it was about four in the morning and I was finally, Addison had finally got to sleep and she was was laying in her bed and I was looking over her and I just thought to myself, God, how much more of this can we take? How, how much longer are we going to have to be in this season? And I was frustrated. I was angry. We were in the process of uh, Addison's second of three dr- transplants. And the doctors kept telling us, hey, th- things are going well. They're progressing the way they should. But Erica and I knew that something was wrong. We knew that it wasn't going to happen. And so we began to talk, as we were talking to each other, we were kind of bracing ourselves for a third transplant. But you have to understand something. The third transplant, we didn't have a donor. We didn't have a good match for Addison. And so we were afraid. We we didn't know what was going to take place. And we were running out of strength. We were running out of patience. And we were starting to run out of hope. And it was difficult. But the problem was, is that I was angry. I was mad at God and and didn't know why we had to keep going through what we were going through. And as I watched Addison sleeping in her bed, I talked to God for the first time in several months. I took a deep breath and I shared with him all of my anger, all of my frustration, all of my fear. And the things we always say, God, why am I in this situation? Why have you not healed my daughter yet? Why, why, why? And I was afraid. I was afraid of what was gonna happen next. And so in that moment, I gave Addison's life over to God. And I told him, if it's your will to save her, do it. But if not, I'll be okay with that too. And a dam broke in my spirit. And for the first time, I had peace, I had peace because God had been revealing to me 
the root of the problem. It was my control. Jeff had to be the one in control and not God. And so he began to reveal this to me. And and it wasn't my fear that was my sin. It wasn't my anger. It wasn't my frustration or my worry. Because God revealed to me I had an idol of control in my heart. And I was the one that was on the throne. Now, sure, I, I, I said all of the right things and I acted all of the right ways when talking to people. I said things like, God has a plan and, and he's in control and we're doing just fine. But deep down inside, I knew something was wrong. I knew the truth. And that truth was when Addison was diagnosed, I told God I didn't need him and that I would take it from here. And as much shame and guilt as that brings to me to say today, it's my truth. It's my truth. And God walked with me through this journey. Sorry, this thing keeps falling off my ear. I apologize. And God saw fit to heal my daughter. And we get to stand in victory today because we are on the other side of the darkest night. And so today we're, we're starting this new series called It's All About Control. And our title, like Pastor Ed was saying earlier, is a battle of will because that is what I was in. I was in a battle of my will versus God's will. And so this sermon, if I were to be honest with you, if this isn't you this morning, just sit there and, and enjoy the ride. But this sermon is for the people that feel like me that night that are putting on a brave face, that are saying all the right things, but deep down inside, you know something is wrong and things aren't the way that they're supposed to be. So if that's you this morning, I wanna be very clear with you. I wanna be very clear with you. As long as you are in control of your life, you will never have God's peace. And everything that you try will end in anger and frustration and guilt. So please take it from me, someone that battled against God and lost. There's a better way to live. There's a better way to live. And our big idea for the day is this, life is better when God is in control. Life is better. There's peace. It's an amazing feeling when you can wake up in the morning and say, you know what, God, I don't know what today brings, but you have it. And so I'm gonna rest in your peace and rest in your victory. See, we were created to be under the rule and reign of our heavenly father. But when sin entered the world way back when, when Adam and Eve first rejected God's plan, they said, you know what, God, I see, I see your plan, but I have my own. And we're still in that, that fight. We're still in that battle today. And so I'm praying that this sermon would help us 
Oh, I did it again, Pastor Ed. It switched to my last sermon. There we go. There we go. Open up your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. The exact same thing happened that I told Pastor Ed I wouldn't do again. <laughs> Many times we read this section of Scripture and, and we can unintentionally apply it straight to our lives when, in fact, Jeremiah 29 was written to the Israelite people. And they were, they were in captivity, they were in slavery. And so these words are written to them, but there is some amazing truth that we can apply to our lives. So follow along with me. We're going to start in verse 10. It says, this is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years, but then I will come and do all the things for you that I promised, and I will bring you home again. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, and to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me, and I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you, and I will bring you home again to your own land. I love this verse. It's so powerful, and it speaks so much truth of our, our lives. But the problem is, is that we always start and end in verse 11. I know the plans you have for me, God. So I'm good. But the problem was for them to get to verse 11, they had to go through verse 10. 70 years of captivity, 70 years of God's promises not happening yet. And then we skip over verse 13 where we are called to wholeheartedly seek after the Lord. See, we want God's plans for our life but we don't want the pain and struggle it's going to take to get us there. And so when those moments happen, our will and God's will clash. And we find ourselves in a battle of who is really in control of my life. When everyone is not, everyone's away and you're all alone in your room by yourself or in your car by yourself and you are wrestling with the truth of what is going on in your life. There's a battle. Because what happens when, when pain kind of, kind of starts to enter and when, when struggle starts to enter and heartache and hospital visits and health start to come in and start to creep in and things kind of start to get out of control, we grab onto the control and say, you know what, God, I'm going to wrestle that back from you because really deep down inside, I don't trust you. I don't trust you. Can I let you in on a little secret? When we take control of our lives from God, we are prolonging God's peace in our life. We are prolonging his victory. We are prolonging the plans that he has for us. And can I let you in on another secret? God's will is always done. 
God's will is always done. We can enjoy the ride or go kicking and screaming. Because no matter what, what he has planned for you, it will happen. There's no amount of fighting, there's no amount of frustration, there's no amount of anger that is going to change what he is gonna do in your life. Enjoy the ride or go kicking and screaming. See, so often, as I look back on my time with, in the hospital, I look back on it with guilt because I wasn't enjoying the ride. And I was going kicking and I was going screaming and I missed out on so many opportunities to share the hope and love of Christ. I missed out on those opportunities. Because for me, I thought that if I had outbursts of anger with the nurses and the doctors and with Addison and with Erica, that somehow my frustration and my anger would shape things to the way that I wanted them. And you can ask my mom this, because she raised me, but God had to drag me through these last few years of my life like I was when I was little going through Walmart and I didn't get a toy. There were so many times where I wanted something, I couldn't get it, and I literally had to be drug out of Walmart. And I, I, y'all laugh and I laugh now, but that was totally me these last couple years. You wanna know something crazy? All of my frustration didn't change a thing. The destination did not change. God's will was to heal Addison, and that did not change. But I missed out. I missed out on being a voice of truth and of hope to those doctors and those nurses and those other families that were going through the same thing that I was going through. See, God was faithful and he healed my daughter. But I want you to look at this. When life is out of control, God is in control. No matter what you're dealing with right now, no matter what is going on in your heart and your life and you look around and everything is spinning out of control and you're like, I'm doing just fine. God's in control. It might seem like your life is out of control, but God operates in the out of control. God is faithful in the out of control. He has a plan for when things aren't going the way that you want. And what's so amazing is I can look back on this now, and I know this to be true, but when we found out that we were going to have to have a third transplant, we didn't know what that meant. But God did know. He knew that we were going to have to decide between two never-before-done procedures with the worst possible candidate to save Addison's life. He knew that that was coming, and he knew that my control wasn't gonna cut it. And so he was faithful and he basically ripped the control of my life out of my hands that night as I stood over Addison. And he said, you can trust me. I'm strong enough. And there was a verse that someone shared with me, I don't even remember who, but if you're listening to this right now and you shared this verse with me, 
this verse changed my life. And I probably read it over Addison and Erica almost a hundred times through our third transplant. It's this, it's Isaiah 41 verse 10. It says, do not be afraid for I am with you. Do not be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold Because it showed me that when my life was out of control, God was strong enough. And if your life right now seems out of control, God is strong enough. He is there for you. He is in control. You don't have to be. In fact, you were never meant to be in control in the first place. I was never meant to be in control in the first place because life is better when he is in control. And we can rest in his victory. We can rest in his strong hands. So what do I want you to do with this message today? There are countless answers to that question, but I want to point to three areas that I hope will help you if you're like me and you're struggling with control and maybe you quietly in your heart have said, you know what, God, I've got this. I'm praying that these three applications will help you let go. First, we must understand that we don't control the destination, but we can control how we act on the journey. We don't know what tomorrow brings, but we can control how we act until we get there. We have that control. So I want you to turn to 1 Thessalonians verse five. It says this, always be joyful, never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. I love Paul's words to the Thessalonian believers because he is about to leave Thessalonica. And these are his kind of his final farewell words to, to the believers there. And what does he say? Be thankful, pray, and be full of joy in all circumstances. Because what, what, this is amazing. We are going through whatever it is we're going through for a purpose and a reason. We don't control the destination, but God wants to use how we act along the way to point the world to who he is. And our actions can either point people towards the cross or they can point them away from the cross. Second, we must line up our will with God's will. And I believe the, the best way to do this is in our prayer life. The best way we can line our hearts up with the Father is through our prayer life. And that when we come to him, we're not praying for our needs. We're praying, saying, God, put aside what I think and what I believe for your will to be done today in this situation, in this moment, and we fall underneath his leadership. Turn with me to Matthew chapter six, verse nine. This is the Lord's prayer. This is gonna be in the NIV translation. 
It says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, how would be your name? Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I remember literally having to memorize this prayer in, in Sunday school growing up. And I also remember saying this prayer before every football game throughout high school. It is what we did. I don't know why. It's just what we did. But I, I don't ever remember really looking at the words when I was younger and carefully studying what I was saying. Because what Jesus is telling his disciples is they ask him how to pray. They're like, hey, look, start. It's all about God. And so when we come to God in our prayer, we're lining up and say, God, this is what I want for today, but I want to put that aside to line my will up with your will. And we fall underneath his leadership. And then after all that's done, we say, God, if your will is to be done, heal my daughter. Not God, heal my, heal my daughter, if it's your will. See the difference? Line my heart up with God and then lay my request at his feet. Number three, we realize that God is our satisfaction. That God is our satisfaction. Because I believe when we take control of the, our life from God, we are saying, God, I am not satisfied in you. And so we grab the control. My heart is not satisfied in you. And Pastor Ed and Pastor Milt will talk more about this over the next few weeks. But turn with me quickly to Psalm 16. This is also from the NIV. It says, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. This verse is so life-giving. It says that when we are in God's presence, when we are fully satisfied in him, we understand and know the path of life. And when we're in that space, eternal blessings are at our right hand. Let me tell you what, we don't get there when we're in control. We only get there when God is in control. I, I really hope that none of you in this room or any of you listening online ever have to go through what we went through with my daughter. To say that it was hard would be a massive understatement. But I've said this many times, I would not change it for the world because we experienced unmeasurable pain, fear, and worry, but we also experienced a miracle. A miracle, and, and I, I, we did some research this week leading up to this sermon because I wanted to get this number right. Um, but we've discovered through Addison's story that there have been four families that have received a bone marrow transplant match because of Addison. That means four families will eventually have their loved ones saved because of Addison's story. And for me, that makes all the pain worth it. Does it make it easier? No, but it makes it worth it. 
But God isn't done yet. And this is the part of the story that makes me so excited that one day Addison will understand that she is a miracle and she will get to be a mouthpiece for the glory of God. And as a father, I cannot wait for that day. And we talk about that with her all the time and tell her you're a miracle. And her sisters are gonna get to tell a miracle of what God has done. But God also performed another miracle. He revealed to me that I had a control issue, that I had an idol of control in my heart, and he is still working on me today. And he will continue to work on me. But for me, it took me going through this to find out who was the one that was really in control. So I have two next step challenges for you today as we close. Number one, stop running from the truth and get honest about who is in control of your life. See, we run from the truth because we don't want it to be true. We run from the truth and we run and we hide the truth we, all back here where no one can see me put on this big show here. Stop running from that. Get honest with yourselves. Get honest with God. Because you know what? It is okay to say that you're the one in control of your life. It's okay to say that. But it's not okay to stay there. It's not okay to stay there because you are prolonging God's peace in your life. You are prolonging the things that God wants you to use for his glory. Number two, start lining your will up with God's will. And this is something that we have to do all the time, almost daily, multiple times a day, as we put aside our will, we put aside what we want to be done, and we say, you know what, God, you are the only one strong enough, you are the only one big enough to take care of what this world throws my way. Forgive me of the times where I grab the will, or grab the control. Forgive me of the times where I want to be the one that's in control. Let me rest you. So if you're here this morning or watching online and you're not yet a Christ follower, I am so glad that you're here today. But can I tell you something? God has amazing plans for your life. And if you're running from thing to thing looking for satisfaction, God is the answer. And my prayer is that you would give him a chance. But whether you're a Christ follower or not this morning, life is better when God is in control. It's time to surrender. It's time to give him full control of our lives and watch and see what he can do. Let's pray. Father, we just need you so much, God. I pray for the one right now that heard this message and is feeling ashamed and guilty. I pray against that right now, God, and I pray for that person that's thinking that right now would put aside that and fall on their knees before you. And they would begin to let go and begin to surrender and begin to give you the control. We love you, Lord, and we pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today and have a great week.
if you could see what I 